What's up, observers? Welcome in. Hello, hello, hello. Episode 58 <laughs> of Third Party Observers. That's Stan. That's me. Uh, I'm Austin, and I've got John here to my right. Yeah. And today... What about across the table? Across the table, well, we've got producer Amy. Oh, she's course. here, as always. <laughs> Not mic'd up, but she's here. I'm ready to hear any slander we throw out. Mostly from Stan. And uh, <laughs> on the video, we've got friend of the show, Drew Crawley. Uh, Drew is a resident of Louisville, Kentucky. He's a sales manager by day and singer-songwriter by night. And he's got a new EP out uh, called Tower Songs um, that you can listen to on streaming platforms. Most importantly, Drew is the childhood next-door neighbor of our very own Stan Kanata. <laughs> So, <laughs> truth will Sorry, come out Drew. today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Drew, you've assured us that you've got some dirt on, yeah, yeah. on Stan. Oh, I'm, interested, I'm interested to Most see what kind of dirt we've got here. Yeah, because like before, like when Austin and I met Stan, he was just a young, innocent lad, and we've corrupted ah. him mm-hmm. for the better. I think. I think for the better, because like yeah. there are some things that are definitely for yeah. the worse. I well, mean, just think about it this way: If someone else was doing it, they would have like maybe taken advantage of your night yeah. na- naivet- nativ- <laughs> of <laughs> nativity. nativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. worse. <laughs> um, you have definitely taken advantage yeah. of my naivety, right? But in a fun way, not in a bad way. For example, we've spoken about it on the podcast before. You're dirty cheaters when it comes to board games. Don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about either. All right. You learned sign language yeah. so you could cheat against... <laughs> oh, it still makes me... It makes uh, my blood boil. That doesn't sound like <laughs> It makes that. me so mad. <laughs> Drew, you ever cheat at board games? Uh, no, but I've caught uh, my younger siblings and Stan's younger sibling cheating at board games against us before. So, oh. I like those. Okay. So, so it runs maybe in Stan's the Kanata family. Yeah, Stan's just When have I ever it. cheated, Drew? No, I don't know what you're talking I, about. No, I don't I don't think it was you. I think it was Devin and Nate conspiring against us. I think... That uh, feels right. If, if memory serves correctly, they were taking Monopoly money out of the <laughs> board game box when we were not playing Monopoly <laughs> and then bringing said stash to the board game when it was actually time to play Monopoly. Nice. Uh, I respect that. That's it. really smart. I respect that it. That is smart. I, I, I believe it also happened with the horses in Risk. Oh, at one yep. Point. Mm. Yeah. Those horses, they're worth five people. Yeah. Devious. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it seem, kind of seems like Stan's asking for that, like yeah. he's know. just oblivious, yeah. and so, so he's just he's just, just asking to be cheated on. Listen, listen, listen. Just because I don't expect people to cheat doesn't mean that you should. Mm, but mm. I, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, well, we've got a fun conversation ahead of us, but before we get to that, make sure you follow us on social media: Twitter at Party Observers, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Third Party Observers. Shameless plug, um, and maybe also on TikTok, which is not in the show doc, but apparently we have now. Yeah. We have Stan. Talk about our TikTok. We got yeah. four whole videos, guys. Do how many followers? Or no, no, don't say that. It's probably embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Well, but we, we just, just started it e- literally yesterday. Yeah, literally. Well, yesterday. And by we, you mean you? Yes. Yeah. And it's doing so good. Nice. So good. Talk- All the good. We've got like 500 views on two videos mm-hmm. already. That's, we're we're trending upwards. That's big for us. Probably real small big fish news. for a lot of people. Small potatoes for a lot. 
Big potatoes for us. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, big potatoes, what was it like <laughs> growing up next to the Canadas? Smooth transition. That was the best segue I've ever heard. Thank you. I, I'm a seasoned podcaster. Yeah, man. I, I don't have one uh, smooth sentence for that, but it was a, it's never boring. That's for sure. That's that's um, that's that's a good description. I think I never think boring. My, my family moved in next door to the Canadas. Maybe how long did you guys live there? Like a year when we moved Yeah, not, not too long. We'd been there a year, like fifth, year and a half. Sixth grade. Yeah. Well, like okay. Yeah. So, so I moved to Shawnee sixth grade. Um, okay. And then I don't know how long we were there before we bought that property. It wasn't too long. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was pretty young, sixth seventh grade we, somewhere in there. Yeah, we moved in next door to each other late middle school, early high school. Mm-hmm. I remember. That is kind of the general time frame. Yeah. Uh, and it was really cool because Stan was in the youth group, but he also had a pool and a trampoline. Oh, so true. that was so that was that a house was to hang out at. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, this the structure of that sentence was <laughs> Stan was really cool. He was in the youth group, but he also had a pool and a trampoline. Yeah. So just to dissect that a little bit. <laughs> which which part uh, made him I don't cool? want to say I used Stan. Um Oh, I feel you. But there may have been an element of that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We lived on that trampoline. We did. We did. Um, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, did you put the trampoline by the pool? Yes. On numerous occasions. And my dad Um, yelled at us every time. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So you guys had like a little, I remember a a pump house next to your pool Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that kind of functioned out there. And we would try to jump off the pump house to the trampoline yes. into the pool <laughs> yes. without breaking the bones or yes. getting concussions. Did Most you succeed? Of the time successfully. Yep. Did, it, did you ever fail? Yeah. Like and get concussed or whatever. Uh, me or Drew didn't. I say it feels like a scenario no. where a younger brother yeah. would always end up <laughs> on, on a separate occasion, I do believe that Devin broke his arm. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Am I remembering that correctly? You are. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he missed some kind of jump on the trampoline. Uh, feet were wet coming out of the pool or something. And you guys know the big metal kind of rim that goes around the trampoline, yeah. like yeah. in between. Yeah, the rim and the springs, and then like the actual yeah. mesh. Uh-huh. Uh, then slipped and went, you know, forearm first, right down onto that metal rim and Oof, shattered yeah. his forearm. Yeah, yeah. So, Oof, yeah, that was that was a good time. <laughs> trampoline. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, that trampoline is still in my parents' backyard after your parents. Is it really? It wow. is. Wow. I was there for Thanksgiving That's or a holiday recently, and, and it was still there. It Dude, can't like, oh, still be functional. Trampolines are functional. They're forever. Well, I can tell you what. The trampoline <laughs> that I had did not last forever because we – maybe we just put too many people on it at a time, but mm. it was constantly uh, <laughs> shredding springs and yeah. uh, getting holes in it because we'd put some fat people on it and <laughs> – they but the, that ones are the best because they can bounce you higher. Yeah. Well, when they would step on and then the <laughs> springs would go. They didn't like that one as much. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's impressive. Um, well, what else you got? I mean, so you lived in Shawnee. Now, Stan, you guys had goats and stuff, right? Goats and chickens and we other an animals that you murdered? Yeah, an assortment of uh, murderable animals. Yeah. Yes, we had goats, we had yes. chickens. Murderable had, animals. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I guess those well, are the only ones that we actually... some animals that aren't murderable. Yeah, okay. like 
dogs and cats. Yeah. John, you should take notes. <laughs> False. You're not supposed Every to eat animal. your dog. It... Okay, listen. <laughs> I clearly said I have not eaten her. For all I know, she is at my mom's house living her best life. Now, have I checked in and on her <laughs> in the past month? No. <laughs> So she may or may not be missing a leg. Yeah. yeah, who knows? But not from me. <laughs> so, Drew, did you ever witness any animals being slaughtered at the Kanata house? Or did you uh, have to participate? Oh, okay. that'd be brutal. So, <laughs> I I don't really want to answer this. So, coming into the night, I had three Stan Kanata stories. Okay. One of them is a New Year's story. Ooh. One of them is watching Stan knock somebody out story, and one of them involves a possum. Um, so the oh, okay. possum story. What if they're all connected? They're not. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way your brain works, John. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we we definitely um, had a night with a possum one time. Uh, I yes, believe we found it dirty. in the yard. <laughs> as, uh, we were we were coming home from probably like the now or like Wednesday night Bible study. Yeah, it was, was a possum. I do remember being sleep deprived. We tried to kill it with a baseball bat. Wait, you tried to kill it or you <laughs> killed it? Yeah, no, so we were not successful. We, <laughs> we attempted to kill it, <laughs> and then. Okay, all right, hold on with me just a second. Just oh, no, this take is a breather. Bad. Peter's this coming after good. us for sure. Go check Are out Drew's new EP. <laughs> yeah. If you're familiar with the term playing possum, yeah. they yeah. act like they're dead long yeah. before they're dead. Yes. Yeah, they're famous so for it. We, we hit it a couple times, thought that the thing was over. We had protected the flock of chickens, the Kanata's, you know, income and the eggs and the chickens. Yeah, it was yeah, all yeah. safe. Yeah. We had done our job. Um, and then... We were probably playing like Need for Speed or <laughs> something in your living room and heard crazy hissing and screaming uh, from your porch. And we went back out there and uh, the possum had drug its uh, half mutilated body. <laughs> well, yeah. and the worst part of the patio. Yeah, the worst part, uh, the worst part about all of this is that we found out after the fact that it, it was a mom oh, and it had babies. Yeah. So you just went to town on those babies. Good job, Stan. Sorry. Uh, the possum's right. out of the bag. So, so what you're really saying, you guys just murdered a whole family. It was an accident. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. I mean, how is an accident beating something senseless with a baseball bat? I was not the one with the baseball bat. Was Let's that clear true? that up? Who was the one with the baseball bat? Are you guys serial killers? I believe, so I had a broom. You had a BB rifle, I believe, and I think it was your dad, Mister uh, One One Mike Kanata Esquire, with the baseball bat. <laughs> I thought it was my brother-in-law with the baseball bat. It might have been Johnny. Yeah, I don't know. I thought your dad Whoa. was out there with us, but that might have been. I, a separate I don't season. remember. It was so long ago. Wow. There were there were numerous varmints. On that uh, property, they got oh, okay. That's so. enough of that story. Well, one, <laughs> suge- one suggestion: next time you tell that story, lead with the "we were defending the chickens" yeah. aspect, yeah, yeah, and yeah. not fill that in at the very end. <laughs> Side note: chickens. Because <laughs> otherwise, it sounds like you reason. sought out a possum <laughs> on your land, and it was like, "You guys bored? I'm a little bored." No, it was not because we were bored. 
listen, no. I grew up, I grew up on a farm with yeah. chickens, so I understand. Like possums are a menace. Yeah. Menace. Yeah. Man. Killed many of possum in my life. Uh, can, can you can you expound more? Uh, I don't remember knocking anybody out. What is okay? This? So, do you remember? Um, I think we were probably sophomores or juniors in high school, and we were both playing mm-hmm. basketball at Liberty. Yeah. Which was the local like Christian school? Yeah. Were you attending there at that time, or were you doing the adjunct or like the? I started my like school. I think freshman year. So yeah. Okay. So you were attending the school at that time. Yeah. I don't think I was. Yeah. Because I only went freshman year. Yeah. Um. So we we played basketball at this local Christian private academy thing. Stan attended. I was a homeschool kid that had some kind of exception to play on the basketball team because that's Oklahoma for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you were not allowed to practice basketball during the off season, but you could still go and do conditioning drills and such. Um, so real athletes like Stan played soccer. Yeah, I'm a real athlete. And fake athletes uh, like myself went to PE class. Uh, mm-hmm. so that I could continue to play on the basketball team. So we had a kid in our youth group that loves to talk shit to Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, so he deserved and, uh, it. His, All right, his, I'm on his board. Name, Jake. His name is Weston. Oh, uh, yeah, Weston. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah. there are multiple kids that talk shit Stan, to were you, Stan. Stan, were you bullied? So, <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's the thing. Stan has always been an alpha. Uh, he's mm-hmm. always been the most athletically gifted person. Uh, at least clearly when I've known him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm getting a few so I just remember one day we were, we were in off season conditioning and we were playing um, a game that was, I think kind of unique to the school that we were playing at at the time where you have two giant medicine balls and a couple different dodgeballs. Oh, oh, no. The medicine balls could just wreck anybody that was not, or not, not yeah. medicine balls. I'm sorry. What's the, what's the exercise balls? Like the big and <laughs> ones. Like, the big one. I yeah. was definitely thinking you guys were playing dodgeball with medicine <laughs> balls. <laughs> How many murders happened at this school? Only possums, but people. (laughs) Yeah. So long story short, uh, for the sake of timeliness on the podcast, this kid had been talking to shit to Stan all week. And it means a good kid, but just, you know, run his mouth to the wrong person. (laughs) We're playing this game and he decides he's going to jump on Stan's back and trying to choke him unconscious. Oh, I remember remember Stan with one hand reaches behind (laughs) himself. Grabs the kid by his long mullet hair, puts him over his shoulder, slams him onto the you know gym floor, and the kid is just knocked the fuck. Er- <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there it is. <laughs> We've done it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we had to go to Bible study with him like forty-eight hours later. It's great. So, so so far, I've I'm picking up that Stan was a little bit of a violent kid. Yeah, that, that's Listen, the vibe I'm I was up. defending myself. I yeah. reacted to in what he did situations. to me. You yeah. really in mellowed out. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. seems. Thank Although you. you're I'm you're chill now. You're suspiciously really into guns, so mm. maybe and he has, maybe you've just know, gotten more that. sophisticated. He has mentioned Let's he, not go there. We we are we not implying that, I'm a mass that he is would be the most likely to murder anybody out of this Podcast. Yeah, he, he Listen, admitted every it time himself. He's admitted it. Yeah. Every time that we've had this discussion, it was in the context of self-defense, which clearly this was self-defense as well. It That's was. all I'm saying. It was. Yep. I'm not going to go on a murdering rampage. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> what is this turned into? What? <laughs> Sorry for putting you in the hot seat, Stan. Oh, no, no. I completely forgot about we that. We love that. it. Well, we can take one more. Did you say you had one more story on it? Oh, him? great. 
Um, New let, Year's. Me, let me ask a qualifying question. Okay. Stan, are you currently in a relationship? Yes. Okay, then that story can't be. No, <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It wasn't that bad. That was just, that was just for hands and giggles. We just uh, we played. Um, what's what's the reverse of hide and seek called when you play sardines? It? Sardines. Um, yeah. Sardines. Yeah. A game of sardines on New Year's, and we couldn't find Stan and his high school girlfriend for almost an hour and a half. Ooh. Um, it went time. well beyond yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we found you under a couple of hay bales in a barn much, much after everyone else had been found. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we were just... You could see the stars. Yeah. We were behind the hay They we were just, just hiding. We were really good at hiding. A little yeah. disheveled. <laughs> we were so good at hiding. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No. I, my hair was so short, I couldn't get dis- disheveled. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, yeah. lost yeah. all the clothes, just covered yourself in yeah. mud, that kind of thing, really camouflaged yourself in there. <laughs> It's a bit, guys. It's a bit. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. Uh, that's funny. He'll be all right. You hear that, Lindsay? Sometimes when you're 15, you know? Yeah. No, we understand. We've all been kids. (laughs) Been there. And adults. Done that. That's right. I've not murdered a possum with a baseball bat, but... Neither have I. (laughs) And I've never knocked anybody unconscious (laughs) either. (laughs) Uh, So, Drew, you now live in Louisville, Kentucky. How That's did correct. you end up there? So I moved here uh, in 2012 to study music. I got a scholarship at a school that's out here that had a great little music program and um, didn't really love that, but stuck around to finish the degree because by the time I realized I didn't love it, I was three years into a degree. Um, and so um, just kind of stuck around. Yeah, we good. Okay. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> can you can you see a discussion happening? <laughs> we are listening, but our uh, team's chat said that there was five minutes left, and I got concerned it was going to cut you off. Yeah, it's just the scheduled time, uh, so we're oh, good. It'll okay. go after that. Okay. Um, gotcha, so, gotcha. Sorry, uh, what were you saying, Drew? No, no, no. I, just, I moved out here to go to school and then kind of stick around. Uh, right after college, I went to work in the bourbon industry. Um, so I worked for a couple different uh, liquor companies. I worked for a, a place up here called Westport Whiskey and Wine. Yeah. which is uh, a gigantic single barrel, uh, like um, just collator, I guess. So mm-hmm. they source a bunch of different single barrel picks from all the major distilleries and um, kind of pick a profile that's super unique to that store. Hmm. Um, so I worked for them as a taster for about two years um, and I guess built up a little bit of a reputation. And then after that, Oof. I went to work for uh, Old Forester. So um, I had a, a good friend who was the master taster for Old wow. Forester, and um, she is in the middle still, five years later, of transitioning to be the master distiller for all of Brown Foreman. Dang if you're you familiar know. with Brown wow. Foreman, that's the, that's the company that owns uh, Woodford Reserve, Jack Daniels, Early Times, oh, Old Forester. That is cool. Um, some okay. things. So, so my job at the time was to – um, kind of take over the reins. Well, <laughs> there's that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was training to be the next master taster for the old Forster brand. Um, and that was a, a really cool opportunity that I had for a little while. Um, there's a variety of reasons why that did not work out, but most of it is because I was on a plane five days a week and in a hotel, you know, five nights a week and, oh, um, kind of fell into a little bit of a substance abuse. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you drink 12 hours a day, you got to do something to keep up with that. Yeah. yeah. That was a problem uh-huh. for me. So, I'm no longer in the liquor industry, 
Although I do now kind of have a, a better, healthier place for that, have a balance. Yeah, uh, you've, place got, for a, that. you've got a podcast, right? Yeah, we do a whole podcast about it. So uh, now, I, like you said earlier, I, I sell uh, you know cell phones by day. I'm, I'm an area manager for Verizon, and then I do music and podcasts at night. So that's kind of kind of the life now. So the the podcast Bourbon Turntables, you guys. I mean that that from what I've listened or seen, it's split into talking about bourbon for half of it, and then some kind of music for the last yep. half of it. Yep, exactly. So the the format is kind of based off of the old school LP format. If you guys are into vinyl at all, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if you guys have the collection, but you got a side A and a side B to every record. Mm-hmm. And so our podcast kind of follows that format. Um, we got a side A where we talk about whiskey in some form or another. It's not always bourbon. Most of the time it is just because yeah. all three of us are in Kentucky. Um, and then we've got a side B that we talk some kind of whiskey, uh, or excuse me, some kind of music topic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that can follow a variety of things. I mean, we've got guest distillers on, guest musicians on. Um, and then most of the time it's three of us, which are all, you know, straight, relatively conservative white men from Kentucky <laughs> talking about 90s rap or, yeah. you know, some other. Yeah. It's, it's a really uh, diverse. <laughs> yeah. It's really the people that you want to talk about hip hop and rap. Yeah. How did you guys exactly. find each other? So it's, it's actually a really funny story. So when I worked at Westport Whiskey and Wine uh, doing a single barrel curation job, uh, Kevin is Kevin Rose is one of the other uh, you know co-hosts of the podcast. He is I'm gonna guess he's in his mid fifties. Um, mm-hmm. He's a, a guy that would come in to my shop, my bar every Saturday morning, and he would buy a custom bouquet of flowers at the florist that was next door to my bar, oh. <laughs> and then he would come in and drink with me until his flowers were ready. And so we met probably two years, three years maybe after I moved to Kentucky while I was uh, working the bar uh-huh. on Saturday mornings, and we would watch uh, you know, Tennessee football games and Georgia football games and drink bourbon and just get to know each other. Cool. And then um, – You didn't watch I Kentucky was, football games? No, we don't talk about football here. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, whenever I finished um, a little bit of time in rehab, just kind of cleaning out, mm-hmm. Kevin and his wife uh, Cindy uh, offered me a place to stay for a couple weeks until I could get back right mm-hmm. and kind of help me cool. get back on my feet. And um, you know, just were like a completely unflinching, unconditional love support system yeah. that I had really never experienced at that point in life. And then, you know, now five years out of that, we are, you know, best of friends and <laughs> uh, we hang out and drink bourbon a little bit and talk music once a week. And, and then uh, Ben, uh, Ben Eves is his name. He's a, a buddy of ours that we met through bourbon as well. And so, you know, Ben's probably in his mid thirties. I'm in my mid twenties. Kevin's in his mid fifties. So we kind of all have that different generational yeah. uh, approach to music and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the, the impetus or the, uh, you know, the ethos behind that podcast. That's cool. So, yeah. That's real cool. Yeah. You asked a short question. I gave a long answer, but <laughs> nah, we want to hear it. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of music and your guys' different interests, well, not the other guys, but yours specifically, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, how did, how did you first get into music? When did you start playing and, and how did you turn it into a career? Cool. Uh, yeah, good question. So, um, 
you know, Stan can attest to this, but I have a very, very musical family. Yep. Um, my mom has been uh, a singer and a piano player, you know, kind of her whole life. And so we all kind of took music lessons since we were four or five years old. Uh, most of the, the kids in my family started at four on the piano and just kind of went from there. And uh, so we kind of grew up all playing in the church. Um, we uh, we had a, the youth group band. Um, Sam, do you remember the name of the band that we were in in middle school um, that you played bass in? Oh, oh yeah, I what? played bass. Yeah, <laughs> I was part of the band, guys. Why has this not come no, up in true in, confessions? Uh, because honestly, uh, I completely forgot. I would have never believed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sam had a thick ass bass player hat. It was like the the old like flat, you know, flat top and like long bill thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks so stupid. I thought so he was gonna. I pictured him in a fedora. <laughs> I could also see what that. No, what was the name of that band, Drew? It started with an A, and that's all I really remember. Because we got in trouble because our parents did not want us to have a MySpace profile. Oh my! Um, Oh man! If they only knew what Stan was up to now. now. Oh man! I got all the social media. Um. Um, Did you guys? Do you remember any songs from that? That time we had a band. I think we played the Switchfoot song "Meant to Live." Yep. Um, Yep. We played a couple of different praise and worship gigs for like. Mm Uh, see with the pole mm. and maybe a, a youth group gig or two here and there, uh, but nothing, nothing super exciting. Mostly out of the garage. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, garage band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how all good bands start. got started, and that's yep. how ours ended too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it was a good time though. After our, you know, record-breaking success as a garage band. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I played, you know, all in church throughout growing up years. And then uh, in high school, I dated a girl that was really connected to the Rodeo Opry hmm. uh, there in Oklahoma. Was that Hannah? Kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, Hannah Armitage. Yeah, uh, I remember Hannah. Uh, broke my heart, you know? <laughs> yeah. She broke your heart and I broke her phone. So. <laughs> Even. No, she, Again, okay. more okay. violence. Okay. 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 No, it wasn't violence. Can you tell the, tell the story? I, it's fine. I uh I fixed people's phone screens. <laughs> sure, it sounds yeah. like it. In high school, sounds like you had a really I, good supply. I had successfully done mine, and I had successfully done a few others. And when I went to do Hannah's, like I would just charge parts for it. I wouldn't charge labor or anything. Uh-huh. I was just kind of doing it so they could save money. And I went to uh, pull her phone apart, and when I pulled it apart, I pulled it a little too hard, and one of the little ribbon cables broke, and her phone was fried forever. <laughs> So instead of fixing the phone, I had to give her one of my, well, I didn't have like a spare phone. I had like an old, ratty, nasty Uh phone that she could use in the interim, and then she had to buy a new phone. (laughs) That's the risk That was the end of Stan's phone fixing. Oh, that was the last one I did. Yeah, Yeah. for sure, for sure. Uh, But Drew, I got your back. I broke her phone after she broke your heart. So so. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Always looking out. So anyway, to to circle back to your question, um, so through that whole time, I kind of fell in love with country music um, and learned kind of how to play honky tonk bars and mm. all that kind of thing. And then whenever I moved to Kentucky, uh, completely fell in love with that world and played you know a couple different bands out here through college um, and just kind of fell in love with that that mm. whole world. And so um, at some point along the way, probably you know. Again, late middle school, early high school, picked up a guitar, probably did impress some girl, and added a guitar mm-hmm. to uh, the repertoire at some point. And then 
you know, my whole point in coming out here was to study music, um, to become a, a music pastor. Yep. I was going to be kind of involved in the church and that was kind of the, the path ahead of me. Um, just in the sake of full transparency, some of that was like legitimate want to, and some of that was just, uh, the way that we were raised yeah. and just kind of some expectations that were put on me, I think. Um, and I fully bought into, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not trying to yeah. deny any kind of uh, agency or anything like that, but you just you kind of do what's expected of you at a certain point. Right. For sure. And, um, at a certain point that was no longer tenable. Um, yeah. you know, it, I, it was not something that I could in good conscience stick with. Um, and I wouldn't have been qualified to do that by most of the standards that most churches set for that. And just with my own issues with addiction, um, you know, I've been divorced. I've had a lot of doubts and struggles in my faith and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And just kind of decided to shelve that for a time yeah. and focus on being clean, you know, staying off drugs and getting better and kind of healing from all those other things. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, I was invited to play in a uh, challenge here at a bar uh, that we're doing a, like a local songwriting competition. Mm-hmm. So there was a few of us that for three months, we had to show up at the bar every Thursday night with a new song. And wow. it had to be completely from scratch. One so, a week. That's great. One a week, which is a lot. And so yeah. what was really fun uh, is we were all given a specific prompt. You were given a huh. two-word prompt and whatever you wanted to write that week. Wow. So um, they would give us just two words, and you had to come back the next week with a prompt, uh, with with a song. So, uh, so that was kind of the reigniting of my love for songwriting. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been writing songs since I was, you know, in high school. Uh, we, you know, sang some of them at the church that Stan and I mm-hmm. grew up in, and that kind of thing. And I just kind of uh, given up on that being a part of my life. And then this challenge kind of reignited that in me, and. Um, Brought that all back up together. And then when that was done, those 12 weeks were up, I was like, well, I have a lot of unprocessed shit in my life. And uh, maybe I should write some songs uh, as therapy instead. And so that's what we decided to do. And um, long, 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 long story short, made a couple of connections with a a label out in Nashville and some friends here locally and um, felt like, you know, out of the songs that I had written that I liked, um, there was a few of those that were worth putting some money into, mm-hmm. and there was a label that felt the same way. And uh, a few months later, we had Tower Songs. Yeah. So we That's went to awesome. Nashville and uh, recorded that and got to, to bring up uh, some good friends of mine. Stan, do you remember uh, my buddy Evan Sams from up here? He was... Evan. Uh, um, the name doesn't sound super would... familiar. What? Where is he from? He's from uh, Middle of Nowhere, Tennessee, like the the border of Tennessee and Virginia. Uh, but yeah. he was he was part of the the week that you spent up here. Oh, cool. uh, he was yeah. the only guy from Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and so you know he got to come up and play electric guitar. I had yeah. a good friend of mine that's uh, part of my journey in recovery come up and play drums. I had a great producer that's um, you know a longtime friend. So. Anyway, a, a lot of really amazing mm-hmm. people got to be involved in that. And it was really kind of a sort of a redemption moment um, yep. for me where it felt like all the bad choices and all of the the dead dreams, I guess, yeah. at the risk of being dramatic. Uh-huh. Um, and just kind of the, the forfeiture of everything that I thought that I'd moved out here for and was going after 
that it all failed and it all died. Um, making this EP and, and putting this project together was sort of um, sort of the completion of that and saying, yeah. okay, some of these things are still there. And kind of reignited some of that in me. So, um, yeah, the, it's, it's a really important project to me. It's, it's been really cool to kind of witness uh, what's going on here. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And uh, just so you know, I was we were talking over dinner tonight. Um, my girlfriend, Lindsay, said that Angel was her favorite song of, of your whole album. Oh, cool. Uh, and I really enjoyed it too. We've been I've been listening to it mm-hmm. on and off. Uh, yeah. I've listened to the whole thing several times through, and I've I've really enjoyed it. And it's cool awesome. because uh, not only do I think like it's actually a really good album, and I enjoy that type of music, but it's like oh, oh I know, know that true. Guy. Yeah. yeah, this is cool. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's been really fun to to kind of like play that around the house, and when I'm like driving yeah. to work or whatever, and be like oh, I know that guy. So speaking um, of thanks for listening, Angel. I mean, it, that was your single from the EP, right? Yeah. So yep. How, how do you decide as a musician what song to release as a single, you know, from the album? Mm. So that's a, that's a really good question. Um, there's a couple of different answers to that. So there is a label that's involved in mm-hmm. this project and they get a say on what they think will be the most popular. Yeah. Um, and they picked Angel out of the rough mixes that we sent them from the studio, and they were right. That was the one um, <laughs> cool. that got radio play. That was the one that got put yeah. on Spotify. Yeah. This. Like, that was it. So there's an element of that. Um, but I think the other thing is, too, um, Angel was the most um, kind of vulnerable and real moment of that. There, I, I would hope that all of the songs that are on this project have some element of vulnerability, but angel was written like three or four weeks after a breakup, Hmm. uh, for me. And it was the first relationship that I'd been in after my divorce. And I was really like clinging to this person, uh, for my sobriety and, um, wanting all this input for moral, (laughs) moral guidance and all that kind of stuff. And, um, that song kind of came out, uh, of me at a time when it was just really raw mm-hmm. and really nasty and really yeah. dirty uh-huh. for me. And, um, I think a lot of people maybe for better or for worse, um, you know, taking into account the human experience can really connect with that. And so, yeah. yes, the label said that's the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that was also the song, like, if I have to look back at the whole project, you know, out of the 10 or 12 songs that we had, going into it to the six songs that we recorded to the one song that was like, okay, this one's going to be legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. Yeah. And so when they said, Hey, we think this should be your single. I said, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. what, I mean, what is that writing process from, you know, start to finish. And then when it comes down to, all right, you've, you've written 12 songs for an album. How do you narrow those down? Do you want the entire album to tell a story or does each song kind of mm-hmm. stand on its own? Oh man. Good question. Um, so a lot of that just frankly, uh, has to do with money Mm -hmm. and there was a limited budget for this project. Um, and I was only given a certain dollar amount. And so my options were, okay, let's get a suboptimal studio and a decent producer and let's put them all out or let's get a great studio and a really great producer, which, you know, uh, was a friend of mine and he, he was who I was going to use regardless. Yeah. But, um, and, and then let's 
put that money into really turning this into the best thing that it can be. And so uh, really what it came down to was, okay, if we have a week and a certain budget, what can we put out that's actually going to be something we can be proud of? Not something that we did a bunch of, you know, half-assed iPhone, right. you know, where's <laughs> my demos for? Uh, Are you shooting a music so, video? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, for reference, our entire podcast is shot on an iPhone, so yeah, yeah, works hey, pretty great. well. Great. My phone great. has six cameras on it, so I, I really feel like you can probably do whatever you want on a phone now, and it'll be turn out great. You're probably correct. You're probably correct. Um, but anyway, to answer your question, so we, we kind of boiled down. Uh, we sat in a room for a couple of days, um, myself and my producer and engineer, and we said, okay, um, I like this song, but it's not there yet. And this one doesn't represent where you are anymore. This is a moment in time. Hmm. Um, so we kind of eliminated a few, and we said, okay, these are the six that would show a strong showing for any record label that was serious about putting in money for another project. Yeah. Uh, but this is also the most human and the most kind of universally acceptable ones. Yeah. Um, so everybody's been in a relationship that they realized wasn't going to work, but they weren't ready to give it up. And yeah. that's kind of for now. Hmm. Everybody's been nostalgic uh, for a relationship or a friendship that you shouldn't be in anymore, yep. but you just really still want it. And that yeah. was memory burn. And so each of the songs, I won't, I won't bore you and go through them all six, mm. but uh, my hope was that in choosing those particular songs, uh, everybody that was listening to them could remember a time. There's like, yeah, that was me. I, I know that person. Mm. Yeah. Um, they definitely whether, are relatable. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was kind of the process of choosing those songs. And so I hope they tell a story um, through and through, you know, and that was the reason why I chose to end with the song wait. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have listened to it, that yeah. that's kind of where I'm at now in my own personal journey. Of I don't know uh, if there's a religious solution to this. I don't know if it means taking a bunch of mushrooms and going to the desert. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know what solutions look like, but I don't have to know, and I yeah. I don't have to hold on to control. And so just kind of looking for whatever is going to free um, and. And, and let some kind of uh, some kind of lightness yeah. be present. Yeah, um, and I think is that, what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's that's just a big part of life is figuring out how to okay. Well, what are the things that I can control? What are the things that I cannot control? And is it you have to come to terms with the fact that okay, there's a lot of stuff that I really can't control. <laughs> right. Um, yes. And and that's okay, you know. And, yeah. Um. So it, it it is cool to see that journey and you kind of walk through that in your songs. Um, but that's definitely a point of, uh, something that I can relate with because like that control is something that is hard to come to terms with the fact that you don't necessarily have control over everything in your life and you have to be able to be flexible and, and, and adapt to what's happening right now. Yeah. And I, I really hear that and I I don't mean to sidetrack the podcast in any uh, way, shape, or form, but I think both yeah, we're of us very structured here. Probably, so, yeah. <laughs> would hate for that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, but Stan, you and I, I think both grew up in families where expectations of a certain standard of, you know, yeah. performance and acceptability and mm-hmm. uh, piety and all those other kind of buzzwords were present. And so, yeah. kind of finding your own identity as an adult that is 
maybe resonant with some of those things and maybe separate with some of those things, but yeah. being able to stand and say, okay, well, here's what I found. Um, yeah. that, uh, I, I don't get to control this. Yeah. I, I want certain things. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, I think that that was maybe the most like resonant thing for me that was just like, Oh, so this has been going on since I was like six years old. <laughs> and for anybody that was raised in like the church, that we were yeah. raised in yeah. and in the context that we were raised in, hopefully we'll find some kind of, um, yeah, something in. Yeah. And I think that as, as far as that all goes, you, at, I feel like we're getting to the age. Um, yeah, we're so old. We're at like 25, 26, 27 years old. Um, <laughs> we're, <laughs> how old are you guys? Uh, 20, 28, 29, 28, no, 28, 27, 36. 30. Drew, are you 25? I'm 26. Ah, man, we almost huh? ran the whole the whole gambit. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you're like, March 20th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're September fourth, seventh, seventh, ninth, ninth. You're correct. Yeah, I'm so close. I was also close. Okay, but I have an out because Stan's birthday was our other best friend's birthday and my mom's birthday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I share so. a birthday with an uncommonly strange amount of people. Mm. It's it's weird. Um, but yeah. You know what that means? It's a, a bunch of people were getting it on on the 4th of July. Celebrate America. Freedom. <laughs> I do what I want. Oh, that's Sorry, funny. go ahead, Stan. No, you're go fine. Ahead. You're fine. Um, <clears throat> No, I was just saying we're, you're, we're kind of I feel like I'm at least getting to the age and getting to the point where um, I'm realizing a lot of this stuff. And mm. it's it's not um, it's not a bad thing to come to the conclusion that, hey, I don't really know everything that's going on in the world right now. I don't have to know what's going on in the world right now. I just have mm. to worry about myself and be OK with who I am as a person. And once you can come to terms with that, then you can kind of contribute to like where yeah. you are mm. in your workplace, in society, and whatever that looks like for you. Um, but yeah. You, yeah. you have to make those um, decisions and conclusions about yourself before you can really yeah. um, uh, like be a uh, or have a definition of like what you believe or, or whatever. Yeah. First, you got to find be. yourself, yeah. and then yeah. you got to figure out what NFTs are. <laughs> and, then, and then you've got it made and then you're good <laughs> so that, that is the end of being an adult and this podcast will not help you at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so drew you you mentioned that you got into the honky-tonk country scene um and, and you're a singer-songwriter but what artist's poster did you have on your wall as a kid i mean who were you jamming wow. to as a Good as a Lord. middle school kid, was it Backstreet Boys? Um, it was not Backstreet Boys because I was not committed to listen to the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> hey, I feel you. Hey, my, my mom was just as strict. It was like <laughs> my mom listened. Like she was like, "We're listening to talk radio or Christian music." And mm. oh, I okay. chose not to have the radio on. All right. <laughs> so let me let off. me throw out let me throw out four names to you guys and okay. see if any of these check out for you. So you got Jump Five. Nope, uh, nope. From the Radio Disney Christian Pop Circuit. Um, <laughs> yep, never heard of it. Yeah, you got Skillet. Okay, from like the Caleb days. Monster. Um, yep, 
You've got Toby Max from like the Christian <laughs> yep. hip hop okay. alternative. Did you know he's still a thing? Like I was like, what the hell? Like, is this guy still? Is he writing new songs? I have no idea. But I heard like. I saw a poster. I think he was supposed to be doing something in Tulsa, and I was like, yeah. "He's probably at the BOK. It's probably Winter Jam." <laughs> I was just like, "What the hell?" All right, Drew, Toby Mac, who else? Uh, then the other one was either like it's like Sweetfoot, Reliant K. Yeah, oh, like, Reliant K. K. They were. Uh, they were I am good. convinced one of the best albums ever made is mm-hmm, by Reliant mm-hmm. K. Yeah, it's a, a good, good one. one. Okay, so two years ago they came to Louisville and they played it at like the dirtiest, nastiest punk club. Yeah, yeah. and it was like all of us like ex Christian kids, and we were like in our rip jeans and like t-shirts. What? Well, we jamming out, man. That's awesome. That's, did you Fire. did you see the in October in Vegas? There's gonna be a, a, was it wish uh, wish you were when young? we were young when we were young when yeah. we were young that's got like Avril Lavigne Paramore uh, like all the ke- bands we My Chemical Romance yeah. maybe and, and but Reliant K is in that mix as yep. well. So is they Red are. Jumpsuit I, Apparatus. I may or may not already have my tickets. What? Um, nice. And I, I want to just point out for the uh, the pod here that my boy Stan had a long term love affair with both the Frey and Lifehouse during that time. True. True. <laughs> I... We were all in the Paramore <laughs> and Chemical Romance. Stan was on the Lifehouse and the Frey. Yeah. 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 How to save a yeah. life? <laughs> Where did he go That's wrong? You know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, No, that's all right. Um, So, I mean, where? I mean, do you? Where do you draw inspiration now for music? What are you listening to now? Uh, Oh, great question. Um, So, a lot of Toby Mac. (laughs) (laughs) It's now Jump Six. I'm really into Caleb, guys. (laughs) Really into Caleb. Um, no, uh, anybody right now, um, uh, that is doing kind of, uh, in red dirt country thing, mm-hmm. um, I still kind of fall into those themes just cause that was kind of my first love outside of, uh, the Christian music that I was mm-hmm. allowed to listen to growing up. And I mean that in all authenticity. So people like, uh, Jason Isbell and Zach Bryan oh, yeah. and Tyler Childers. Is Zach I'm Bryan- actually going to go see... Sorry, is Zach Bryan, is he one of the ones you were talking about, your most recent podcast that's from Stillwater? Yes, yes. Huh. So um, you guys would love him if yeah. you're super, super into him. Uh, or if you're, I mean, into Red Dirt Country, I feel like you would get super into him. Uh-huh. Um, he's incredible. He's actually on tour with Willie Nelson and Turnpike Troubadours right now. Mm. So cool. he's well, That's pretty dude. cool. That's a good <laughs> for him. Yeah. yeah, good for him. Yeah. Um, so but those guys, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, definitely some of that. Um, I'm actually going to go see Jason Isbell tomorrow night here in uh, oh, Louisville. Nice. So That's awesome. Okay. Um, that is one of producer but, Amy's favorite bands. Uh, you guys got to go see him if you haven't already. Hmm. Um, he puts on an incredible show. Um, other, other, uh, artists that I'm kind of drawing from are, um, it's it's hard to answer this question and not sound like I'm making records and making songs that are, are derivative of these people. Yeah. So I want to be careful with that. But um, somebody like Rustin Kelly, mm-hmm. uh, if you're familiar with him at all, he's the ex-husband of Casey Musgraves, okay. uh, oh. country music darling. Yeah. But uh, he has walked through a lot of the same things that I've walked through. So uh, he was raised religious. He was sexually abused as a child. He was divorced at an early age. 
and then he did a bunch of psychedelic drugs, and now he writes. Drugs. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is my guy." <laughs> the wife of every country star, right? <laughs> right there on all of this. Um, but no, he's he's one that I really love. Uh, Bonner Black is another uh, artist out of Tennessee hmm. uh, that I love. So, just any of those people that are kind of in that uh, red dirt country or dirt emo. Uh, scene i really love and i've been fortunate enough to meet with a lot of them right with a lot of them um i'm just kind of seeing what what checks out so we you know i don't know how familiar you guys are with the industry at all but a lot of these songs are written in a zoom session and so we'll just hop on with a couple guitars and a piano and we'll say okay what ideas do you have and it's tuesday at 10 a.m yeah and then we'll just say all right so uh, let's, is, let's, is that just now yeah. because of the current, you know, COVID and everything, or was that happening before? Um, so from my experience, that's happening just because of COVID. Um, and so mm-hmm. twice a week, you know, I have a Zoom session on Thursdays with a group of people from Canada. And then on oh, wow. Tuesday, that's I have cool. a Zoom session with a group of people in Texas. And so it just you get together and you say, okay, here's what we worked on last week. And here's mm-hmm. the ideas that we have this week. And you know, we just kind of work on each other's songs and yeah. figure it out from yeah. there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a newer thing. Yeah. Okay. So does song creation typically start with the lyrics or with the melody? Completely dependent on the person. Hmm. Um, we have a, a lot of people here in Louisville that are just melody people. We have a lot of people here that are just uh, lyric people. It really just depends on who's involved in the session. Hmm. Um, my preference for me is to take lyrics and then say, okay, let's figure out a melody. Cause I can do the math of a, you know, a chord progression and a melody and a, you know, all that kind hmm. of stuff a lot easier than I can write yes. your experience. <laughs> um, that's, that's way easier to do as to figure out the music theory of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, I would say it just really depends on the person because some people will come in with a, a melody and a chord progression, all that kind of stuff that means the world to them, but they don't know the lyrics. And then somebody also hop on the Zoom call like, oh, I have the thing that fits that. So it just depends. Interesting. How um, have you have you guys written for like anybody like famous or I guess because I mean, you're I guess still trying are you just like trying to make a career out of this or is it something that you're just kind of doing on the side? Yeah. Good question. Um, obviously I would love to pay my bills doing music. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's unrealistic right now. So <laughs> right now I pay my bills by selling cell phones and then getting drunk in dive bars. During this. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, we, we have gotten, uh, the opportunity to work with some bigger names. Um, and most of the way that these labels work is they will option the rights to a particular song mm-hmm. uh, if they like what you're doing, and then they'll present that to the artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll cut a demo probably on your phone and send it to that label. The label will show it to the artist, and then if they like what they hear, they will option the rights to that song, and you'll get a really tiny check uh, <laughs> in the hopes that maybe that they will cut that on a record, and then they uh, they record that and then you get a really big check. Oh. Um, that so far not happened for me. I got yeah. a couple of really tiny checks, <laughs> but, uh, you know, most of the people, uh, that are at the point where they are such a big name 
that they are unable to take a break from touring in their life and mm. publish stuff and everything like that to write their own music. Um, they're optioning hundreds of songs at a time. Wow. That's and so, you know, just like we would, you know, look at Spotify to find the song that we like, they are optioning the rights to songs to find the song that they might like, but they are actually going to cut it for records. Mm. Um, and so I've gotten to have a couple of cool lunch meetings yeah. and get to play songs for a couple of people so far that hasn't happened. Um, but the great thing about that is um, just from my chair, if two or three people that are in a, a label and in a contract and a deal like a song that I wrote and they don't pick it up, then that means that I can pick it up and I'm like, oh, other people like this. This has legs. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can maybe sell it. That's exciting. So, you know, the, the song for now uh, that's on that EP was a, a great example of that. That was optioned by a couple different people and then never got picked up. But I was like, okay, cool. Uh, this, you yeah. know, this has some legs. So, yeah. Uh, again, long answer to a short question. Yeah. Sorry, John. No, no, that's no. <laughs> we love the long answers. Cool. Yeah. We know nothing about this. Also, you're doing a lot. We have gotten zero tiny checks. We have gotten zero money. So good for you for making at least a little bit of something. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Well, and I think with any, with anything, whether it be like podcasting or recording or uh, putting out music, um, the biggest thing that I've seen is that you have to be consistent with what you're doing. You have to continue putting out uh, content, podcast, mm-hmm. music, songs, whatever. Um, and then over time, you're going to build a following and you're going you're gonna to build your reputation. Um, but it's not usually something that happens overnight. And there are, like, obviously... Exceptions to the rule. Yeah, there's exceptions. But for the most part, you have to put out a lot. You have to learn what you're doing. Um, most of the time, the first thing you put out, I mean, you, <laughs> we've talked about the first couple, three podcasts that we put out. They sound like horseshit. <laughs> it's bad. It's real bad. Um, but like, as you go, you learn and you figure out, okay, this works, this doesn't work. Um, and it's a process. And as you figure out the process for whatever you're doing, um, then you can refine that and figure out what works, what doesn't work. Um, and and that's that's really the whole journey of uh, like what we're doing, what you're doing, um, and it's cool to see the progression of that. Um, and like for me, growing up knowing you, I've seen you play music. I've seen like you've been able to play piano to me like from an awesome level from ever since I've known you. You started yeah, you picked yeah. up a guitar like it was nothing. You can play bass. You can mm. play like every different instrument. Um, and it, it's just cool to me to see your progression as a person, as an artist, um, to develop as, uh, l- like everything that we've talked about on this podcast so far, um, and to see where you've come to up till this point, it's been fun to see your journey. Um, so yeah, that, that all of that to say, um, yeah, everything you've done is really cool. And uh, I think your album is kind of a culmination of that. And I'm really excited to see what comes uh, next after that too. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Well now it's time. We're going to end with a few rapid fire questions. Are you ready for that? Sure. Let's do it. All right. This is real groundbreaking, heavy stuff. Um, The first question, what is your favorite dinosaur? Uh, Velociraptor for sure. Yes. Ooh. Okay. Um, all right, you are granted 
the power to resurrect one celebrity from the dead, who do you choose? Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I want him to give me guitar lessons. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. At first, I thought you said Steve Irwin, and I... (laughs) Oh, yeah, I was Steve like, Irwin. wow, Stan that chose that. Stan would have been really happy. Yeah. Yes. yeah, producer Amy would have been like, he's not even dead. So, uh, Conspiracy theories. All right. Uh, what is a skill that you wish you had? Um, I wish I could ski. I'm terrible at skiing. I can attest huh. to this. Water like snow or skiing or snow. water, yeah. Um, or both. I have, I have given myself probably... Let's call it two, maybe three concussions in front of Stan. <laughs> yeah. In one, in one uh, trip. It, it was pretty bad. In one skin. trip? Listen, okay, okay, yeah. I got to tell this story because this is fun. Was, this is real is fun. he dead? Are we talking to a ghost? <laughs> He's, is he have CTE? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, okay, I remember our senior ski trip. Like, this is the big trip that we took, all as seniors. And um, uh, did you snowboard, Drew? I was attempting to snowboard. I should have skied. <laughs> so, so we yes. all went skiing. Uh, like, obviously, people are going to pick snowboard, ski, whatever they want. Drew and I were uh, snowboarding, and I remember we, after a couple of days had gone by, um, Drew was having a hard time. Uh, Drew is not the only one that got a concussion. I think there were two other people, Jake and Caleb, Golly. that got a con- concussion as well. Yeah, Caleb, Caleb got it worse than me. Well, because he, he caught the back edge of his, his board. Helmet. Yeah, he yeah. split his helmet from the back all the way <laughs> to the front. <laughs> Jesus, man. And when we took it back to the uh, the rental shop, they said, we have never seen this before. This is nuts. It was crazy. Um, but Was any- there any supervision yeah. on this trip? Uh, they were hanging out in the ski lodge, <laughs> drinking hot cocoa. It sounds like yeah. a what's that? Uh, what's that book where it's about the island where there's a bunch of like a board. island of misfit toys? Is that no. Lord of the Flies? Oh. Lord of the Flies. Thank you, Thank you producer Amy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this is what it sounds like. No rules, basically. Everyone <laughs> is just if getting concussed. If you go to the top of the mountain, you got to find your way down to the bottom by yourself. <laughs> but I remember, <laughs> I remember getting up there and. Uh, Drew was with, uh, it was me, Drew, at least Caleb. I don't remember who else was there. Uh, but Caleb was there just, just like, screw it. Come on, Drew, let's go. And you sat down on your snowboards and you rode sled style all the way down the mountain. <laughs> oh, it was so great. Oh, that was good. That was good. Did we ah, lose him? We lost we just, him. We lost Drew. Oh, um, he's trying to come back. Let's get him back in here. Hang on. Can we edit I this part out? Admit him. Nah, we'll leave it in. We'll just admit. Snapped our fingers. Drew has faded into the. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, are you back? We lost I you in the back. snap. Okay. There he is. There he is. No, we were just cracking yeah. up laughing that you were sledding down the hill on your snowboard. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds. It that, sounds uh, like the game that, that they <laughs> were playing that is a, who gets the least amount of concussions. You were a very big what? I was a baby. And all that. I was just trying to not die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you've already been concussed three times, I think you get a pass from just, yeah, you can do whatever um, you want. Let, let me let me ask one question. And this may be a repressed memory and then we can wrap up or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the house I lived in before we moved in next door to you guys on Market Street? Yes. With the with okay. the, uh, the, uh, what, yeah, the big the play, fort. Yeah, the fort. Yes. We had a, a two story like castle. That thing was um, dope. It was awesome. Yeah. It had trap doors and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, but 
do you remember your little brother? Uh, we were we were helping my mom with her garden in the zucchinis and the cucumbers mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And your little brother swung a shovel backwards <laughs> too hard and too fast, and he knocked me out and gave me a concussion. <laughs> no, <laughs> what? I do not remember the, this. Yeah, that was the that was the first concussion I ever had. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think your mom was taking Heather somewhere, and you and Nate were hanging out with us. Oh no. And, uh, you know. Was there a possum involved? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So I not visibly. I yeah. do have a lot of uh, Drew injury stories. One of uh-huh. which, did your shoulder just like enjoy popping out of socket every once in a while? No. Okay. So <laughs> we we were at uh, Lake Eufaula, mm-hmm. and we were on a man journey retreat. Yeah. Which yeah. is a uh, thing that our youth group did. Um, they would split up the guys and the girls, yeah. sophomore, uh-huh. juniors, and senior guys yeah. could go, sophomore, junior, senior girls could go. And our youth group pastor and his wife both had families that had lake houses. So you would go away for the weekend. There was lots of problems with that as would later read, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, yeah, revealed yeah. in legal cases and other things. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> anyway, so your boy, uh, was wakeboarding. And was trying to show off. Um, As you do. At one point. Yep. And I tried to uh, drop out over a lake or over a wake on my left side and dropped out. And my shoulder went about four inches oh, backwards out of socket. Yeah. And I wanted to come back in and I could not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I had to just kind of hold on for, you know, 20, 30 seconds. So I came back in. Yeah. Um, this was, was this our junior year? Of high school? I think so because, because that was later on. Yeah, that, I think school, that was the summer experience. in between our sophomore and junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember I could not rebound for shit our entire <laughs> year without my shoulder dislocating. Well, so. I mean that that wasn't really that new, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he just had an excuse. He had an excuse that year. Yeah. Oh my shoulder. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> I was trying to make excuses. <laughs> yeah, no that that was uh, that was uh, definitely a thing that we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. <laughs> well, Drew, we'll go ahead and, and wrap this up. I know you've got things to to go on and, and do, but uh, before we do, are you, are you playing anywhere live around the Louisville area, or maybe who, yeah. who knows? Maybe you're touring in California or Oklahoma. We don't know. Where I can would, people go I see would hope you? So at some point, yeah. Um, so this coming week, um, I will be at a bar called High Horse here in Louisville on Sunday night. Um, I will be at a place called 21st Amendment on Wednesday night. And I will be at a place called Off the Rails on Thursday night. So if you're in Louisville mm-hmm. and you happen to be a listener of Third Party Observers, come on out. Um, I would love to see you. Um, and then otherwise, just anybody that wants to stream Tower Songs, you can do that on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, YouTube, or uh, Amazon Music. Please check those things out. Um, if you want to follow along social media-wise, I'm on Drew Crawley, uh, excuse me, Drew period Crawley 63 um, on Instagram, and then Drew Crawley 63 on uh, Twitter. So uh, if you want to follow my you know nice boy music stuff, <laughs> uh, follow Instagram. 
if you want to follow me being a sarcastic asshole, feel free to follow along on Twitter. Yes. Uh, and then uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, we're at Bourbon Turntable on whatever platform you might listen Perfect. to. Cool. Yeah, cool. and Stan can link those all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'll link it all, and we will have all those in the show notes um, wherever you're listening to our podcast, uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, all of the places, and um, we'll be able to see that uh, in the show notes. So. Yep. All right. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, yeah. J- Drew, for listening, and thanks for tuning in. We'll yeah. catch you next week. See you later.